Hi, this is Nikki from Motherhood Unfiltered is going to be okay. You're listening to another podcast episode. If you like the podcast and the episode, please write a review, share with a friend, or leave a comment. You can also visit my website at www.nikkiasherbowling.com or you can visit my YouTube channel. Thank you and enjoy a new episode from Motherhood Unfiltered is going to be okay. everybody this is Nikki Asher Bowling from Motherhood Unfiltered is going to be okay and today's guest is Deborah Vogue so whether you're experiencing your own crisis or managing others throughout theirs she is a crisis navigation partner and can help you determine your goals express complicated uh, situations and before I bring her on, I just want to uh, remind everybody that if you listen on any podcast platform, then please go to Apple and then you can rate and review there. So now let me bring Deborah on so we can get to know her. Hi, Deborah. Good morning. So, Deborah, just tell us a little bit about being a crisis navigation partner and how you got started. So I am a crisis navigation partner, which is a profession that I basically made up. So if you haven't heard of this before, you're in great company with most of the (laughs) 7 billion plus people in the world. I created the concept of a crisis navigation partner because I have been both a leader and a leadership consultant and coach in situations where I've been in crisis or when I was the consultant or coach where my clients have been in crisis um, where they've been and I've been a woman who's a leader and feeling on my own for some reason. And my clients have been too, either because they're single or they're they're the only adult child of parents that they need to take care of, or Mm -hmm. they are at the top of an organization. It can be really lonely at the top. Yeah, for sure. My role is to be that person that I wish that I had in some of the difficult things that I went through, especially my child's mental health crisis. My role is to be that person for my clients where I can provide emotional support combined with practical support. Mm -hmm. So I do research on behalf of my clients. I help them strategize for difficult conversations. Mm -hmm. I do a lot of listening and teasing out what are the pain points yeah. that are personal and what are the pain points that are situational and how can we guide your way through to the best possible outcome of the situation? Wow, that's really interesting. I love that. First of all, I didn't realize that you created this role. And mm-hmm. I mean, how smart is that? I don't, <laughs> nobody else has done that. I mean, to have someone that you can reach out to when you're, you know, in the middle of a crisis, like I know when I went through my divorce, I would have loved to have somebody there to help me with that. I was a stay at home mom, you know, and I ended up with having three little boys. And the first thing I could think of was, well, I need to get a job. But if I'd had someone helping me, then I could have helped the boys 
transition from being a two parent home to a one parent home and all of that. Um, it just seems like we are always putting out fires, you know, and stuff like that happens. And then our loved ones are being put to the back burner because we're just trying to take care of their basic needs. So really love that. So kind of explain the steps. If someone is lost a loved one and they reach out to you, so what would be the first thing that you would want to look at? Well, initially, I always have a no-cost conversation to understand what's going on for the person and Mm -hmm. to see how I think I might be able to help Mm vis-a-vis what they're looking for. Sometimes it seems like I can help. And sometimes it seems like I'm not the right person. And in those cases, I'm always happy to refer them to someone else. I have a, I'm a big connector. I have a, a, yeah. a large network of brilliant women who can provide a lot of different services. So right. it starts with kind of the assessment piece. What's your current situation? And what is your ideal best possible outcome given this difficult situation that you're in? Okay. I really like that doing an assessment. And sometimes if someone's like me, they're probably go, I don't know what the best possible outcome is, you know, because (laughs) how do you think of that when you've lost somebody, you know? Yeah. So taking that example, (laughs) right. I mean, the best possible outcome would be bring them back to life. Okay. So (laughs) I don't have that power. That is not in the job description. I made up for myself. Although if I had the power, I'd put it right in there. People would like it. I would like it. (laughs) So yeah, she's uh, doing God's work now. So (laughs) so I would. I what I do is work with people to define success at this phase of their life. Yeah, and how can they leverage their unique brilliance? So their best Mm -hmm. skills and interests and qualities their top needs, their top values, their priorities. How do they Mm -hmm. leverage all that to create the next phase of life without this person? What kind of support do they need? Right. kinds of access? What Mm -hmm. are the toughest things going on right now? What would lighten their load? What are the big decisions that you're facing? So, I mean, I can't do that magical thing. Right. can help ease someone into the next phase and I can help them understand grief better. Although I'm not a grief counselor, you know, someone yeah. through that before right. is not linear and it takes so many different phases and they don't necessarily go in order. Mm-hmm. Um, even though Elizabeth Kubler-Ross had all the right ideas in there. Even she said they didn't, you don't always go from denial. Yeah. So I see myself as a thought partner. Right. I, as well as uh, an extra pair of hands. I studied psychology in college and then I went to business school. I was an organizational change consultant and a leadership and career consultant mm-hmm. for, it's been 25 years now since I graduated from business school. Right, and right. Bring my own skills and expertise to bear as having gone through some of my own difficult situations. I just know how painful it yeah. can be to be on your own. And some people have family and friends who can help them through these kinds of things. And that's great. And people don't for whatever reason. And I find it more and more that there are people that just don't have someone they can turn to. I don't know if it's just because they're not close to people, you know, to their family or whatever. But like for me, I know how busy my family is. I would 
not want to burden them with something, you know, so I would probably want to reach out and ask for help. So what kind of crisis have you faced in your life or in your work? I mean, obviously, this is a personal thing for you because you decided to change your whole career to help other people. I mean, I was, I like to think I was helping other people in the, you know, in the earlier parts of my career too, but I've just tried to hone in even more specifically now. It wasn't a big switch. It was a clarification for me. But to answer your question, starting with, um, as a kid, my family moved around because of my dad's job nine times by the time I graduated college. And we were constantly having to start over. And you know, mm-hmm. when you're a kid and you get taken away from your friends, that's a kind of crisis on its own. It's not a tragedy, <laughs> but it's hard. I have experience of starting over a lot. Yeah. As I went into my twenties, I lost my best friend from high school right mm-hmm. after I was in business school mm-hmm. to AIDS. And before that, he had become very suddenly ill and I helped him and his partner identify potential treatment options for the particular within yeah. that, you know, cause AIDS is right. a collection of things. I went through that. I got married. I had kids. Those were great things. I got divorced. I became a single mom. My second <laughs> child of two just turned 18 yesterday. And in November, it'll be 14 years. Yeah. So I've been a single mom on my own. During that time, my son was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. Oh, goodness. My, and then my daughter, a few years later, started having severe generalized anxiety disorder. Yeah. So um, those are some examples of the crises I've personally had. I've been very fortunate in a lot of ways in life that I haven't had a lot more loss mm-hmm. of people in my life who were younger. Right. I, I find it interesting that sometimes we go through things as a child or as a young adult that helps us, like you said, like hone in or redefine our purpose. And those things have helped you with your own personal journey and your children. And they are better off for it, you know, because you already practiced this in your life, then it just makes it easier to help someone else who's in the middle of a crisis. And I just really love that concept. I know, like I've said before, there's lots of people that don't, you know, have somebody. And I feel like we just need to get this message out there that hey, you're not alone. We've got someone here that can help you in this moment of your crisis. So what was the defining moment that you were like, this is what I got to be doing. I got to help people when they're in the middle of a crisis. Was that a defining moment or was it just a slow revelation or? (laughs) That's like kind of a sudden revelation. It's just going back to your question about types of crises before. I've also been through my own existential crises. And, you know, what am I doing here? What is my purpose? And am I, yeah. am I serving where people need me? And am right. I fulfilled from my work? I've also been downsized. You know, I've, I've been laid off. I have mm. been in charge of human resources for a company where I had to lay everybody else off. Oh, gosh. I've been through disputes. I've coached a lot of other people through various kinds of disputes. So back to your question now, around 2017, I started my business in 1999. Around Mm -hmm. 2017, I went through kind of a phase that I think I've been through. That's probably the third time I've been through where I felt like I love having my business. I'm successful. I like my work. 
but it's not lighting me up like it used to. I'm not like, whoa, oh, yeah. I feel like I'm doing exactly <laughs> what I need to do. And I am so excited to show up every day to do it. Yeah. yeah. It. it wasn't I, energizing me the way it used to. Oh, I totally get that. <laughs> yeah. And so I used the tools that I used as a career coach with my clients, some of which had come because I used them in the past in my own existential yeah. crisis to think about what would success look and feel like for me? And what were the times in my life that I felt most alive, most yeah. useful, right, most fulfilled? I started making lists. And then I was looking at this whole list of things mm -hmm. I've been through that some of them were related to my business and some of them weren't, you know, things that I'd gone through as a friend or as a loved one of somebody else. Right. And I was like, holy cow. <laughs> I, I just had this kind of moment, like there's been a lot of crisis in my life and yes. in my clients' lives. And I am one of these weirdos who kind of goes towards, not away from. You've run toward a danger. <laughs> I mean, I don't go towards like bungee jumping or anything, but. No, I didn't mean um, that. But... <laughs> you know, I, don't like, I don't love adventure. I'm not a thrill seeker. My dad was a volunteer EMT when I was little. Uh -huh. He used to yeah. bring home the ambulance sometimes. I was very little, like two and three. I remember it being a uh -huh. But he, to this day, listens to a police scanner to relax. I don't do that. <laughs> but if somebody I deeply care about is having an emergency and yeah. they come to me, I stop what I'm doing. Right. I mean, right. my dad would like follow a fire truck from a safe distance just to watch and see what's on fire and how they handle it. <laughs> I want to be there for other people. And right. I just realized how many times it had come up in situations that I was not creating. I mean, you know, I contributed to my divorce, right. <laughs> but situations in um, the lives of my clients and friends and family that it wasn't making happen. But then when they mm -hmm. came and said, I want you by my side during this, or like, so many yeah. people asked me, have asked me to be the executor of their wills. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> and I was thinking about that too. Like, so you want me in your crisis when you've left you. Yeah, and I, so I started, they want you to pick up the pieces. <laughs> yeah, I started asking people, like, why yeah. did you come to me during that? Why, right. why do you want me to be here in those situations? And I yeah. was listening to the themes and that aha moment helped uh -huh. me realize, okay, I get it what I want to do. And then I had to think about, well, what's the name for this? Because <laughs> profession that's this thing. And I wanted to be more clear that I wasn't your garden variety career coach or right. mm -hmm. life coach has never resonated with me mm -hmm. from my work, but yeah, yeah. More than being a business coach, more than being a leadership coach. Yeah, I, I love that. I mean, people are seeing you as a standard or a pillar you know, a strong foundation. And they know that even though they may be flying in the wind, they can, you know, link arms with Deborah and Deborah will hold on to them, you know, and guide them through the next step that they need to go through. I feel like each time, well, I would think that each time you would help somebody that probably learn something new. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and you're just still continuing to learn and to help others, the next client. Um, as I was putting together my kind of own, not manifesto, but my own.
If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. So let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so that it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, it's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. ideas about mm-hmm. how I wanted to serve and who I wanted to serve. I right. realized that in a crisis, there's kind of two different roles. And I don't think that people talk about this in this way. So again, I made up the language. If you know better language for this, please tell me, but this is what I'm using in the meantime. <laughs> in a crisis, you are either the person zero who's got kind of the ground zero, the person right in the center of it, this thing is happening to you. You're yeah. getting divorced. You're lying in the hospital bed. You just got laid off. Yeah. Diagnosis, something like that. Yeah. Or another way you could be in a crisis is that you are the point person for a person zero. So Mm. you're the spouse of that person. You're the adult child of that person. You're the parent of that person. You're the best friend of that person. Great analogy. Yeah. Yeah. Point person often has as much stress and challenge from the experience as the person zero. I've talked to a lot of people about this. I have been the point person, you know, most of the time in the crises that I've experienced. And I feel Mm -hmm. like it's a role people don't get how much support the point people need to get through. And then there are some situations that are the hardest where someone is both person zero and they have to be their own point person. I have a close, close friend from business school who was diagnosed a year, year and a half ago with breast cancer. Mm-hmm. She's single. She lives by herself. Mm-hmm. And she was the one going through it. And yet she had to be the one to figure out what are all the treatment options and how do I file for my disability insurance and where do I go to get the prosthetic breast? Yeah. And she's had to do so much and told her, you know, when this started that mm-hmm. I was, you know, dedicated as a friend to doing whatever she needed me to do. And I went right. to appointments with her on FaceTime during the pandemic. She lives in another city. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just saw how especially draining it can be. And she's still a year and a half later, thank goodness she's free of cancer now, but she's still dealing with all the side effects from the treatments. Oh gosh. Yeah. Still fighting with the disability insurance company to get the payouts for the policy that her employer had paid for. And there's so much to deal with. Right. So I just wanted to highlight that too. I'm here. I'm glad you brought that up. I remember. Yeah. We had talked about that too. That is such an amazing point because someone who, like you said, has a, you know, they're sick, they have a disease and they also have to be their own point person. They don't even have time to focus on getting better. You know, they don't have time to rest or because they're so busy, you know, they have to call or email or yeah, I can totally 
see how that would just be. And that's stressful and added stress adds to whatever disease you're dealing with, you know, and I just love that you remember to uh, point that out. So, you know, anybody who is helping someone else can use this service. You too might need a crisis navigation partner. I have a client who came to me referred by a friend of mine who had been her coach. She was a vice president of a tech company. Uh who she had been with for four years up to this point, but they weren't married and they didn't live together. They considered uh-huh. themselves partners. He had been diagnosed with glioblastoma six months uh-huh. before she came to me. Yeah. And glioblastoma is a very aggressive, fast-moving cancer. Wow. So she was trying to be everything for him, you know, in sickness and in health, although they hadn't actually made those vows. And mm-hmm. at the same time, she was trying to be the vice president of the function in her company that she runs and my goodness and the change that the organization was going through and she just had so much on her plate and she was trying to figure out for him what the best nutrition was and how could he get into this specialist in boston versus the well-known person for glioblastoma who's also at a boston hospital she had so much on her plate and Mm -hmm. they would delegate tasks to me they would delegate research to me and was helpful for them both, even though I actually haven't ever met him. I was always working directly with her. Right. And I had to be a mirror, sometimes a, maybe mirror is not the right, or the right uh, image, but I needed to reflect back to her sometimes. Mm-hmm. You need a break. Yeah. You were allowed to take a break. Yeah. You want to sleep in your own bed tonight and not his because you need a good night's sleep and you don't yeah. want the dog, his giant dog crawling into bed with you. <laughs> That's reasonable. And even though you're scared that he won't be here in six months, you need yeah. to take care of yourself now right. to help him through this next six months and for yourself. Right. And she may not have had anybody else being very clear and upfront with her and say, hey, you got to take care of yourself first. Yeah. You know. And everybody else in his family was looking to her to be the point person because they didn't want to be the point person. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know, she needed. So, I mean, have you been helping a client and you've just, because I would be someone that would be so emotionally involved in the situation, you know, their feelings are my feelings, they cry, I cry. So yeah. how do you handle that? You know, when you've, you obviously, you know, your friends and um, you've helping them and you're trying not to break down in front of them because you want to be strong for them. You know, how do you handle those moments? You know, because I know this has to be a very touching and you oh, know yeah. situation for you. And I'm I'm an empath. I really feel other people's feelings along with them. So yeah. I have had to learn in the, you know, I pivoted my business to hone in more on this in uh-huh. 2019. And I really have had to learn since then how to up my own game in terms of self-care uh-huh. and lower my expectations of myself in other areas so that I could really be there for other people without exhausting myself. Yeah. Because I get tired. You know, I went through a situation this week with someone, a 19 year old who had a psychotic break that was brought on by some super potent weed that she had smoked. And, um, you know, I was with her for about three days and 
mm-hmm. going through the ER and the hospital and getting her treatment and everything she needed. And I, I mean, I was so tired afterwards. I yeah. really go to bed early and take care of myself. Yeah. And so I learned to also be extra gentle with myself. And I consider that not a public service, but a private service to mm-hmm. my clients or my loved ones because right. they're more likely to believe that it's okay for them to go mm-hmm. to bed early. If yeah. they see that I'm doing that and that's how I can keep showing up. Right, right. That's really great. I mean, you definitely have to be intentional and aware and conscientious of yourself in the moment so that, okay, I'm almost to my uh, breaking point here. I need to step away and, and go take care of myself. So I really like that you recognize that. Because I mean, what you tell other people, if you don't practice it, then it's, right. you know, yeah. it's not going to be. Yeah. So how can people reach out to you, Deborah? I, I know you have a beautiful website. <laughs> yeah. So this is a little confusing. So the name of my business is Connect and then the number two corporation. But on social media and my website, it's all at Connect. T-W-O. That's my handle on Instagram. That's my Facebook page. That's my .com. So if you want to email me, Deborah at connecttwo.com. Those are some good ways to to get in touch. And you have a free brochure that people can download? I do. Yeah. On my website. And um, I also have a kind of cool tool that helps people understand. It's a quiz that helps people understand when they are being competent in a crisis uh-huh. situation and when they are going too far and working too hard and overcompensating and why. Oh, and I anyone like that. that and it's under services. There's a drop down menu for services on my yeah. homepage. And um, it's like takes 10 minutes, but you get back a customized report. And I created this whole thing and I think it's really neat. I recommend it. It's a good way to get to know how the kind Definitely, of things. Definitely, because someone could go there and be like, I don't know if I need anybody, but they take the quiz and they're like, oh Lord, I'm in crisis mode. <laughs> Reach out to Deborah, say help. <laughs> I mean, the questions aren't, you know, on the quiz, the questions aren't, are you in a crisis? Uh, but they're more, you know, how do you handle challenging situations and what oh, okay. do you feel afterwards and what are the causes of this? Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> well, Deborah, I appreciate you so much for taking the time out to talk to my audience motherhood unfiltered is going to be okay. I talk to mothers who are dealing with anxiety and depression on a daily basis. And a lot of those situations arise from being in a crisis, whether it's being divorcee or suffering from a loss of a loved one, or just being a single mom, just trying to navigate their life. I have always said I wish now that I had had someone that I could maybe I always thought of like a a living nanny you know that could help me when the boys were younger but that's in the past now so now I'm just hoping that people can use these tools to reach out and say yes I need your help so (laughs) so thank you so much for joining me today on my podcast. It's a pleasure talking to you and I appreciate being part of your community too. (laughs) Thank you, Deborah.